Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. And I'm Jay. Welcome to the podcast. Today's topic, Universal Soldier, Jean-Claude Van Damme and Dolph Lundgren's sci-fi action thriller from 1992. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. Yeah, uh, it's funny when you brought this up to review for the podcast because I'd just been sent like the day before uh, the original trailer, The Universal Soldier. And so I was all like, ah, that's awesome. Uh, it's so typical 90s action movie cheese. I'm going to have to watch that. And then you suggested it for the podcast. I'm like, ah, perfect. Um, I remember seeing this. Uh, would I have seen it at the movies? Yeah, I'm positive I saw it at the cinema uh, as wow. a kid. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm I'm yeah. doing I'm doing the math there. I mean, I was born in '84. This was out in '92. We're about the same age. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, went with my dad, my older brother. Well, in the UK, this what the certificate of this movie eighteen. You had to be eighteen <laughs> years old. Maybe it was different in Australia. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm positive it wasn't that high. Um, and we, you know, we lived at like the video store over the weekend, but it was definitely like, uh, we'd seen this at the cinema and then it started getting advertised in the trailers before the movies on the VHS. And, I, and we rented it out again when it, uh, hit home release, but I was, I was already a big Jean-Claude Van Damme fan from like Bloodsport and Kickboxer, that was another big one for him before this. And then obviously he had heaps out in the 90s. But this has always been a big one for him. You know, when I suggested to you that we do it on the podcast, like, you know, sounds like comics, comic books. Every now and then, it's good to throw a curveball out there where people are like, really? Universal Soldier had a comic? Yes, absolutely. And after this movie... Two direct, two home release movies, no Van Damme. Then they did a second theatrical movie that Van Damme came back for, Universal Soldier, The Return, also starring Bill Goldberg, Michael Jai White. And then since then, they've done a handful of director home release movies where Dolph Lundgren also comes back. I wanted to like them. I think Regeneration was the first one. This first movie's good, it though. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make sequels. sense as well, because, like, jumping all the way to the end, Dolph Lundgren's character, he went through a wood chipper. Oh, yeah, no, he's dead. He's dead. Yeah. But the character of Luke Davro, like, in The Return, is no longer a unisol, is now just a guy who can still fight because he's played by Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. But... He's fighting machines who are stronger. And anyways, I did revisit the return after this out of curiosity. It's available on Paramount Plus. That's where that's where I watched it. <laughs> it's not as good as as this first movie. Universal Soldier was released by TriStar Pictures uh, back in 1992. The film has a 35% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes and grossed 95 million worldwide against its budget 23 million 
and it spawned a series of films. As I say, some were theatrical. Well, one more was theatrical, the rest of them direct to video sequels. So there's been a few. So there's comics, there's a handful of films, but this movie, that's all you really need to see, to be fair. It was the first film on screen collaboration between Van Damme and Lundgren in the film series, who both later worked together in The Expendables 2 and Blackwater. And their voice roles in Minions, The Rise of Gru. I've seen that <laughs> film, didn't realize they voiced characters in it. But it's fun seeing. I mean, do they even share screen time? We recently reviewed Expendables 2. I don't know if they actually have any screen time together. Uh, maybe initially, like when Villain first pops up and uh, kills Liam Hemsworth, like he's not directly in shot, but he is across from them all. But that's got to be the only scene. Yeah, I don't think... I don't think they do. Um, that name, though, Villain. Van Damme playing a villain named Villain. I know we've done the review yeah. already, but that is amazing. And when you've got Stallone as Barney Ross yelling, Villain, it's <laughs> it's amazing. So potentially a missed opportunity there, but it's fun that they've worked together in a animated movie in, in Minions. But this film, Universal Soldier, always loved the title, although initially it was called Crystal Knights. That's <laughs> a bit shit, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it doesn't sound sci-fi. It sounds fantasy. Like the Crystal Knights from... It, it sounds like something out of He-Man or something. <laughs> yeah, it, it really... It really does. You know, He-Man played by Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> there you go. I remember thinking, so this was 92. Was it 94? We got the Street Fighter movie. Van Damme, yeah. Kyla Minogue. It's a thing that happened. Yeah. <laughs> it's been so long it since, happened. Yeah. since I've seen that movie. We also had Ming-Na Wen as Chun-Li. Oh, right. Oh, do you know what? That's also on Paramount Plus. Maybe that's in our future. <laughs> Maybe we'll review that. I've not seen that in years. I remember, so we got that, I think it was 94. And then a couple of years later, we got Mortal Kombat. And it's like, of the two, Mortal Kombat was clearly the better film. And that's the one that I've, I've gone back to over the years. Street Fighter, yeah. I think I may have just seen it once i mean it's van damme fighting gomez adams from the adams family it's a weird <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> was it, it was julia dying of cancer at the time oh okay well i'll take yeah, that so back. his costume was heavily padded and he took the film despite doctors saying otherwise because his kids were big fans of the video game and he wanted something to for them to be leave behind so like and apparently he had, he had like a tremendous amount of energy on set. I'm like, how? He was going through chemo and it wasn't working. See, but, yeah. I was joking, you know, Van Damme fighting Gomez Adams. And now wow, yeah. I feel bad. That's yeah. really sweet that he wanted yeah. to do that. Yeah. For his that kids. being said, it does have one of my favorite stupid lines or action movies, which is on the security camera. There's the Jeep. Going, like being that's been pushed through with explosives on it 
uh, from Van Damme going through like the evil villains crate, and the the guy, I think it's the guy who plays like Balrogs, like quick change the channel. It's a security camera. It doesn't it doesn't change anything. <laughs> Honestly, always, I always tickled me. I don't remember it. I do not remember it. Do you know what? Add it to the schedule. We've absolutely got to review Street Fighter because I'm thinking, like this being a Van Damme movie. This is the third one of his films we've reviewed. First, we did Time Cop, Expendables 2, although an ensemble, you know, he's the villain, and now this, and soon to be Street Fighter. Yeah. Cool. And the plot, basic rundown. Soldiers, Luke and Andrew's dead bodies are stored for a program that can resurrect the deceased and turn them into killing machines. Complications arise when they start having memories of the past. Andrew, what his character would do, the Lundgren character, remove people's ears and wear them around his neck. That was kind of his character's go-to. Yeah. Although it wasn't until this watch that I realised his logic behind it in the opening scene of the movie, uh, which trivia, the Vietnam scenes were shot on a golf course in Arizona. Oh, what? <laughs> that were dressed up. That is hilarious to me. I didn't uh, know that. But it's because they want to return. They weren't paying attention to his orders and they wouldn't listen. Ah, to cut off their ears. Right. I mean, makes perfect yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah, it makes perfect sense if you're a psycho. But I mean, it, was it a isn't good... just like a, I really like ears. It's like a, they wouldn't <laughs> listen, so I took their ears. It was a good visual indicator that this Unisol was remembering what he yeah. did in life before his death. It's really worth noting, you know, we're talking Van Damme, we're talking Lundgren, and rightly so. But the director of this film, Roland Emmerich. You know, the guy that directed Independence Day, the guy that is referred to in the industry as the master of disaster. He is a German he is a German filmmaker that just seems to enjoy blowing up US monuments. I mean, that's his yeah. go-to. <laughs> yeah, that's his jam. Whether it's uh yeah, already mentioned, or it's the Godzilla with Ferris Bueller. <laughs> Do you know what? That film gets a lot of stick. Godzilla's a female. You know, all of that, but I like it. I like it. Even, you know, even the visuals the... of it running through New York and being chased by Apache helicopters. Still cool. John yeah, Renai. I... Yes, I still miss, right, movies having music videos, and sometimes it'd have the musicians, you know, inserting into scenes in the movie. Jamiroquai, I remember, yeah. had a song out. Before Underground. Yeah, man. Like, honestly, I, I do miss that. You know, Will Smith, Men in Black, 97, all of that. It was a good time. But yeah, Godzilla. Well, you mentioned 2012. And heaps more. Heaps, heaps more. Yeah. Did he recently so do... many more. Did he do Moonfall? It came out, I think, last year. If was he his? didn't. I would be shocked. I think, fact... maybe, I think maybe he did. Well, let me give you some stats, right? His films have made more than $3 billion worldwide, including just over $1 billion in the United States, 
making him the country's 15th highest grossing director of all time. And it all started with Universal Soldier. Yeah. Which yeah, was his definitely. first American film. Yeah. Um, and the cast on this, I mean, we've obviously mentioned Jean-Claude Van Damme and Dolph Lundgren, but you've also got Jerry Allback, you know, Mr. CSI, uh, Law and Order himself. In fact, you know, there's a whole line, there's a whole, it's like multiple jokes of uh, uh, Mulaney and his love of law and order, but multiple jokes about Jerry Allback specifically because he was in that show for like 20 years. Uh, but you also have got Tom Lister Jr. And you have uh, Ralph Moller, who... He's like the unisol that survives the longest with Dolph Lundgren. He's the one who's driving the truck at the end. He's the one who gets shot in the initial mission. He's fine. Then he's like all around. He's the German uh, or the Gaul from Gladiator that um, is there with Russell Crowe and Jamon Honsu. And he also survives like basically the whole movie. That was a role Dolph Lundgren went for like him and Moller are, are fan are friends. Ah, right. And Ridley Scott turned down longer and for Moller. But ah. this was like where they met. This is where they like their friendship started. Right. Oh, that's cool. Because that was his scene partner for like most of the movie. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. But yeah, it's like those are fairly big names. And um you also have Leon Rippy. Uh, who plays Woodward, the the scientist who kind of looks after the the, the Unisols? Uh, he's one of those faces just pops up in everything. Um, yeah, well, you got to have you got to have a scientist, and especially in a movie like this. So the Unisols yeah. are often viewed as cyborgs, mainly due to their weaponry and eyepieces, which look a lot like the Borg from Star Trek. Yeah. What, but due to the programming requiring the subjects to be deceased, technically they're zombies. And then again, yeah. in the the return, uh, Luke Devro is revived and is no longer a zombie; he's human again. You know, it's we should say right when you've got someone like Jean Claude Van Damme who has such a strong accent, they often find a way, even if it's just one line of dialogue in his films, to explain. Why he sounds nothing like any of his co-stars. Like <laughs> so in this one, his character was written to have French ancestry in the script, which would explain his thick accent and last name. So there we go. Mm. A quick yeah. explanation. That being said, they also had a Swede as the main villain with Dolph Lundgren and a German Moller as his like second in command. Like all of the main stars were foreigners in this American movie. <laughs> you know, I'm just looking down in my in my notes. I mentioned, you know, the book from Star Trek already. Yeah. The idea of the eyepieces was actually borrowed from Star Trek the Next Generation. So there you go. So in 1987. In that series, the Borg, humans, and other alien species, 
that have been assimilated into cyborg creatures wear eyepieces. And then in the film, as I said before, they are deceased soldiers. So there you go. So somebody or one of the writers on this movie was thinking, hey, I saw an episode of Star Trek. And that's what they that's what they went for. Yeah, it worked. And it makes sense. You, you know, they can see what they're seeing and they can communicate directly with them because it's also a radio headset. And, it, and it's a cheap effect. So let's see from the Unisol's perspective like how are they viewing things and it looks like you got the grid or whatever so again on a budget of 23 million i think they they did pretty pretty well i mean tonally it's a violent movie bad language the word fuck is said 19 times (laughs) he's up there yeah ears are getting cut off there's blood there's gore it's all there um, the the composer on the film, Christopher Frank, from 1971 to 1987, he was a member of the electronic group Tangerine Dream. I'm not sure if you knew ah, that. He yeah. may be best known for composing the music for the science fiction TV series Babylon 5. Yeah. So there you go. So you know that guy. And... Um, comic book connections a few months after the film's release a three-part comic book miniseries based on the film which was written by clint mckelroy was published by now comics from september to november 1992 and that's why we're here today talking about this movie that sounds like comics that was a bit cheesy i know but okay so if you're going to rate this movie out of five this one, this one's a bit harder for me. There is nostalgia tied up to it. Um, I do think there's a lot of like really smart ideas and some well ex- executed things, but there's also some poorly executed bits and pieces. One of the things is like the the bus chase. I found like really odd. Um, like they they ran off the road in what looks is looks like uh nevada next thing they're on salt flats and then they end up somehow like what looks like the grand canyon i'm like wait what how's the geography in this area work um and special effects wise i mean most of it's practical so on that side it's aged quite well um the resolution's not great this is actually the last movie recorded in the old audio format in the 90s, uh, CTS, I think it is, or CDT, uh, before they changed to basically Dolby Digital. Um, so its sound doesn't sound as great as movies that came literally immediately before and since. Um, not that it, it bothered me. Like it, the gunshots sound like gunshots, you know, like they, the foley all sounded correct. The the fighting is you got Dolph Lundgren and Van Dam like that's all great. Uh, it drags a little bit in the middle, in terms as the story as they uh, as Dolph Lundgren's character starts to remember and starts to become the main threat to Van Dam, um, and that drags me down a little bit. But I always like the film. I was probably down to about three point five out of five. Um, as much as I like it, I'm sure if people 
were to watch it now without having grown up with it, maybe having more of a critical eye or being more familiar with uh, films that were paced better um, and then didn't drop huge exposition dumps and stuff like that. There's some inconsistency. Like, at the end of that chase, Dolph Lundgren's truck goes off a cliff and explodes. And you're like, well, he's done. And then he rocks up out of nowhere and has knocked out Van Dam, tied up his family, and has even more like of the steroid, the muscle uh, accelerant and all that stuff on him. And I'm like, but your truck blew up. Where do, I, where do you get all the tools? Like, also, how are you alive? You were in the front of that truck when it went off the cliff and blew up. Like, I had questions. I had questions about how we got there. Um, you know, things like that sort of startled me out of the movie temporarily. Um, you know, uh, Emmerich got better at writing post this. I mean, this is his first American film. But those are, like, the sort of things I'm sure he thought, like, you know what, people probably don't care. Like... They weren't asked. They just you want to see the the cool like inclusion of Jean Claude Van Damme character arc, and also it does do that like George Lucas thing. Like it rhymes the way it ends is kind of exactly how it began with him like having prisoners in the rain, and it might kill them both. So I appreciate things like that, but it is I think it's going to be a hard watch for people who are not accustomed to films of this era. I mean, that's a very good point. I mean, it's we are of that era. You know, we grew up watching these movies. A modern audience, yeah, I don't know if they would take this. I mean, for a start, it'd play extremely dated. I mean, this is old school filmmaking, a lot of practical effects. I've always liked this film, always liked it. I'm talking 15 plus years ago now, when I moved from the UK to Australia, I had a massive DVD collection and I reduced it from thousands to hundreds. And yeah. of those hundreds of DVDs that I brought with me to Australia was Universal Soldier. I still have my DVD copy of this movie. I've just always enjoyed it. And it's definitely one of Van Damme's better films. Dolph plays such a good villain. When he pops up as a good guy, you know, that's that's fun too, you know, whether it's He-Man or other, you know, good guy roles that he's had. Gunner in the Expendables movie is a good guy there as well. But there's just something, the chemistry, you know, these two characters going up against each other, it's, it's always a lot of fun. I get what you're saying about Roland Emmerich. Like, he's showing a lot of promise in this movie. And there's ideas that don't quite work all the way, but you can see that the ideas are there. It's a lot of fun. My rating's probably going to be too high for most people, but I'm going to come at a four out of five on this one. I, I've seen it so many times. Never get tired of it. It's a good vehicle for both actors. Again, unfortunately, in the sequels, and even when these guys come back, they can't recreate what they had in this first movie because even though in front of the camera it's Van Damme, it's Dolph, you've not got Roland Emmerich. You know, he's such an important component for why this movie is the way that it is. Um, yeah. But yeah, this film, 
It is a lot of fun. So four out of five. Well, that's it for our episode all about Universal Soldier. If you'd like to contact us about this episode or suggest a topic for an upcoming episode, you can find us on Facebook at Sounds Like Comics Podcast. You've been listening to Luke and Jay, the guys from Sounds Like Comics. See you soon. <laughs>